At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Hello, Potted Together family. This week, we do not have a new episode recorded due to unforeseen circumstances. However, we are reposting one of our most favorite episodes we've recorded, which was way back in season one, I believe episode five, the episode called Plant Therapy. So if you've been a longtime follower of the podcast, you might remember this episode, you know, go ahead and skip this. But if you are a new listener and you haven't gone back and listened to all of our past episodes, which I understand some may not, maybe stick around and enjoy this episode about all three of us talking about how plants have been therapeutic to us and given us some sort of solace. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the Potted Together podcast. My name is Adam, and I am joined once again with my co-host, Becca and Nicole. Hello, ladies. Hello. We like to just check in and see how everyone's week is doing. So, Becca, how's your week been? This week has been so good. It's felt like a really good week. I think, I don't know if anyone will have seen the video by now. I don't know what the timeline for that will be yet, but Adam and I actually went to the Biosphere 2. And we got a private tour of the rainforest and elsewhere. We really got the whole tour. And we got to walk around with the rainforest manager and Katie. I don't know what her job title is, actually. But she's she works in the ocean biome and she runs their social media. So she's really cool. Um, but yeah, that's what we did on Tuesday. And I'm still like riding that high. They They gave us some plants, which was really sweet. And... I'm just really excited that we have that video and we're going to make it into something really cool. And it was a once in a lifetime experience, truly. It was like walking through a real rainforest. That's really how it felt. Yeah, it was It was really cool. And for those of you who don't know the history of Biosphere 2, because I didn't know the history of it, um, it was started by this group to try to see if eight people could live inside these, these spheres. Uh, unassisted and fully sustained just by their environment and what's inside of these spheres. Like it was airlocked. So uh, Hulu has a documentary called Spaceship Earth on the whole building behind the spheres, but they've obviously changed now. It's a research institution for the University of Arizona, but it was it was really, really cool. It was cool because I am a wildcat, bear down, U of A, so it was cool to be with some other wildcats again, my alma mater. <laughs> I'm confused. Wait, why do you say bear down when it's a wildcat? Oh my gosh, you sound like such an out-of-towner when you say that. Okay, listen. Wait, though, bear down is also what we say for the Chicago Bears, so yeah. that's interesting. Really? Also, yeah. the Chicago Bears, don't they say like, duh bears or something like that? Like, yeah, that's I cringe call. saying that. Yeah, um, I went to high school with a girl who was from Chicago, and she loved. She would always say that, and I was like, "What's going on here? What's the story?" <laughs> but okay, bear down. Anyone who's unfamiliar, 
Arizona has, I mean, I don't want to say two major universities, but, you know, there's, there's, there are others, but there's Arizona State University and University of Arizona. Univ- University of Arizona is in Tucson where I grew up and went to school. So we are Wildcats, yet we have this bear down thing. So basically what was going on was there was a, in essence, there was a football player and he got really sick. Like he was a really popular football player and he got sick and the coach went to go visit him and they were going to be playing in like a really big game and he couldn't go because he was in the hospital and he leaned over to the coach and it's this like really dramatic thing and he goes, tell the team to bear down. (laughs) (laughs) And it's beautiful. It's like I have chills just thinking about this. Coach, tell the team to bear down. Just <laughs> like, tell I'm them emotional. to bear down. There's a deer in my eye right now just thinking about it. <laughs> oh, God. So um, emotional. Well, thank you for enlightening us on that. Uh, yeah, not that anyone cares at all about this random university's slogan, but anyway. I've always been confused by that because people, you know, like the EGs was like the bear down flavor. I was like, I don't understand if it's Wildcats, why a bear is like mm. involved in it. It was actually well, you know. berry down. Okay. Oh, okay. Oops. <laughs> I miss I guess EGs. I'm not a, I'm not a Tucsonian. Uh, uh, you're doing so many things wrong. I know. <laughs> to any listeners uh, in Tucson, I apologize. I love your city dearly <laughs> yeah all the tucsonians out there i don't know how many there are of us but uh yeah so that's what we that's what adam and i did this weekend and i'm still riding on the high of that you know touching our new plants and hanging out with them and my one regret is that nicole is not in arizona and couldn't come like oh. it would have been so cool to do that all three of us I lived vicariously through both of you guys, through picture text. Thank you, Adam, for keeping me in the loop. (laughs) It was like, I don't know, six o'clock here. And I was like, oh, I wonder if they're wonder if they're done. I had a serious case of FOMO, but I am so excited to see this video because as we're recording this right now, it's not out yet. So I'm so excited to see it. But it looks it looked incredible. Yeah, we have enough footage for like a full feature film. I'm just certain. So, <laughs> so cool. Adam yeah. really, he did the most and I'm really glad he did so good. Nicole, how has your week been? My week was okay. It was pretty relaxing this week. I edited some weddings that I did, some micro weddings I did a few weeks back because I was in Arizona. So I just didn't want to do any work out there. So I finished... Well, I'm finishing that up now. And then I watched Hamilton again for the second time yesterday with Mia. And it was better the second time watching it, I will tell you. But now it's funny because Mia watched it with me for the first time. Not that long ago when it came out on Disney+, Plus. we didn't go see it in the theater, unfortunately. But this time around, she literally knew the entire play verbatim like these kids this play is such an incredible play but like it has such an impact on the younger generation that is just really intriguing and she's just sitting on the couch literally saying every line I was like are you sure you don't want to join theater because you pretty much got this down she's like well I listened to the Hamilton soundtrack the entire road trip mom of course I'm gonna know it by heart I was like okay okay that makes sense oh my gosh (laughs) Hamilton is like a sensation. I've never yeah. seen it, and my friends are horrified. Ugh. I need to watch it. You do. I was watching it. I'm not – the artistic expertise is not there for me as far as, like, me personally. Like, I can't 
judge on that. It was amazing. But like just watching the technical aspects of that show and how they pulled it off, I was just in awe with like the turntables, the different speed turntables on the stage and how they choreographed that. I was in the blocking. I was just like, I, I get chills just thinking about it. Like I was, it's amazing. I know it's not historically 100% factual, but I still feel like I learned things by watching that musical that I didn't learn in my high school history history class. Like I never knew Mm. some of that stuff. And I feel so ashamed by that, but (laughs) same, seriously, I really didn't know a lot. And it, it definitely helps in that sense for, like I said, the younger generation that are Maybe, you know, Mia's going into seventh grade, so she's going to have the Constitution. She's going to have to, you know, do all that this year. And that really helps, <laughs> really helps. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. But you have to see it, Becca. It's amazing. Yeah, I will. I'll watch it. I it's promise. three hours, so you have to put that on the calendar. <gasps> three hours. Yeah, each intermission or each segment is like an hour and a half. Oh my gosh. That's like a full day <laughs> event, like Lord of the Rings. True. Have you ever seen a musical like IRL, like on the stage, like a professional production? Yeah, I've seen, um, I, I saw Lion King when I was really young. I saw Mamma Mia when I was young, which basically jump started my love of all things ABBA. Mm-hmm. And then I've seen <laughs> The Book of Mormon couple years ago and uh yeah i i was a mentor at a high school and i a bunch of the kids that we hung out with were theater kids so i saw their productions but not like i haven't seen like i've seen a few off broadway but not a ton what about you guys which ones have you seen for me okay so when i was studying abroad in england they took us to this was my first ever musical experience they took us to see chicago on the west end in london which, like, now I know that that was, like, a really special thing. But as, like, a, you know, a college kid who had never really been around musicals, I was like, oh, the West End, big deal. But, it was, like, that was a big deal. Uh, but they we saw Chicago in England, which is kind of funny. Um, and I really enjoyed it. But I feel like what grasped me into, like, the musical atmosphere is Wicked, which I, I know is probably so basic to say, but that show is so amazing. Like, I... As soon as I saw that show, I was like, okay, I'm hooked. Like, I need to see, I need to, like, see musicals and enjoy live theater experiences. Yeah, I, man, I have never seen Wicked, but that is one musical I regret never going to see. I just hear it's absolutely incredible. I was in theater in high school. I was in the drama club. I was in theater in college. I've performed in many, many plays, but I have never been to like a Broadway play, like an actual, like a lot of offstage stuff, but like I've never been to anything significant. Isn't that sad? I'm surprised by it's that. So yeah, especially expensive. living in Chicago. I know. It's so expensive though. Like when Hamilton came out, tickets were like $300 for nosebleeds, you know? Like I just, and we have a big family, so it's not like I could just go by myself, which I guess I could just go by myself and still enjoy it tremendously. But you know what I mean? Like, the kids will be like, oh, we want to go. And I'm like, oh, it's like $1,000. Maybe next time, <laughs> you know? Yeah, for sure. But yeah, so I know it's sad. Four years ago, I got to, I was in New York and I got to see Hello, Dolly with Bernadette Peters and Victor Garber. And I was just like, I was <laughs> fanboying so hard in the audience with Bernadette <laughs> like on Peters. on Broadway? 
Yeah, on Broadway. Oh, it was that's so, so it was amazing. Wow, that that's like so a bucket fun. list thing for sure to see something on Broadway. Yeah, it's a yeah. bucket list. I, is it expensive? It must be. It has to be just for the I mean, novelty of well, not novelty, but just for the name Broadway. I I would think. I think the tickets were maybe around like two hundred ish per seat, which is expensive. I get it, but it's like you know, it was something that I decided that that was on a priority list for me for that trip so i made it work yeah 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 i think theater and live performance is so (laughs) underrated because they can't mess up (laughs) i mean obviously they can but you have to like play it off it's like live acting you can't cut the scene and start over like there's so much talent that goes into that yeah Yeah. so i mean totally makes sense why it is what it is for sure oh yeah i'm definitely not discrediting theater oh, yeah. like the cost of uh, definitely i mean i feel like uh hollywood should maybe uh <laughs> pay a little bit more into theater but like I, I don't know like just being in theater for so long i definitely could appreciate the arts of it and like yeah hamilton is just one of those that is just like you look at every little aspect of it and it's just like wow Lin-Manuel really did an amazing job with that play for sure. Mm -hmm. I always wonder about the like memorizing lines thing. I took one drama class in middle school. I regret that I didn't take more, but the memorizing the lines thing, just how? Nicole, give us some insight. (laughs) I don't know. I just, I feel like if you really enjoy the script and you can really submerge yourself into that character you have to obviously you have to enjoy it I don't know how actors can get into something that they don't absolutely love or enjoy but it, it, I feel like it's easy and you have time you need a good memory though that's for sure and I don't have that now which is probably why I never got into acting but that's a whole nother episode <laughs> an episode on our failed career choices <laughs> that landed us where we are. I'm putting that on the I'm putting that on the collab list. <laughs> All right, should we get started? Yeah, but oh, does Adam, someone how was want to ask though? me about my week? Yes, thank yeah. you. Yeah, how was your week? <laughs> oh my gosh! <laughs> Sorry, we kind of talked together, Adam. We Adam, really did. How was your week? Tell us. Oh, that's thank you so much for asking. My week has been <laughs> great. <laughs> Actually, you know, this is one of those weeks. I think I, I talked to you a little about that, Becca, when we were together. But it's one of those weeks that, like, I felt emotional, you know. I was going through my cycle as a man. Um, <laughs> but, you know, as a, you know, I was finding, like, old memories yesterday that were making me emotional. Um, and just, it's just one of those, like, r- raw kind of weeks. But it did actually turn out well because I got to hang out with Becca on Monday and Tuesday and we got to see those amazing biospheres so that was like a nice uplifting moment just be around friends in person because you know you just we don't get that a lot anymore no we don't it also made me sad too when you guys you know were hanging out because I was thinking I was like man if I make it out to Arizona at the end of October Becca which you'll already be listening to this by then but uh Becca will (laughs) have already been moved and it just makes me sad because it's like we really don't know when we're going to be able to hang out again mm-hmm. we have to put it in the calendar i know we're gonna have to have adam come out to visit us yes chicago <laughs> trip next definitely. time guys yeah okay well thanks for that little catch-up and we do have this podcast that helps us connect and even though it's through a screen it's it's really great every week i look forward to just sitting down with you both and just you know chatting 
It's mm-hmm. always just good for the soul. Yeah, yeah, for sure. So today's episode, we are going to be talking about plant therapy or finding therapeutic feelings from your plants, house plants, gardening, what have you. So I'm actually really excited about this. Um, yeah. Because it's something that has impacted my life drastically. So I, I know that a lot of people find therapy in plants and everyone has their lived experience, their own unique lived experience and their own um, story. And so I'm excited to just hear if people can connect to, to this and, and even tell us their stories too. Yeah, for sure. So I wanted to start off by talking about biophilia. And there was this thing called the biophilia hypothesis, which is the idea that humans possess an innate tendency to seek connections with nature and other forms of life. And I know in our first episode, I kind of talked about how nature was always comforting to me. uh, And I didn't really have a name for that. But biophilia, it seems like is the research that's been done is, is that we as humans are connected to nature, like innately. It's within our genetic make, our genetic makeup, our genetic build, that nature is comforting, and it's something that helps us, which is kind of like really cool to think about, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely. It makes sense. Then I start to think <clears throat> about how, as technology has advanced and we have moved out of nature and we've moved into these cities with these sterile environments and we're no longer relying on these instincts of the land or our surroundings because we have homes and workplaces that are built in these concrete jungles and there was a an article I read that kind of talked about how that's kind of why conservation is is falling off the wayside because we're no longer connected to the to the nature we're no longer connected to the land because we've built these infrastructures that protect us instead of having to figure it out on our own and i thought that was just really cool to think about but also really sad yeah definitely i think that that's why a lot of the times i'm intrigued by youtube channels that are like living off the grid and really like depending on your surroundings for your food and for you know living in in general you know i think that that's why it's intriguing not that i could ever do it but i think that that's just totally amazing to think about that people still actually do that while we're all in our concrete jungles like you said yeah but yeah i mean i always say that i would never be able to be like a hunter and gatherer because i don't like eating like things off of bones like if that makes any (laughs) sense like i would i would yeah like i would struggle so bad with that (laughs) but i guess i could just be a vegetarian you know oh my gosh daniel doesn't like having to work for his food so like eating things off of bones or eating like crab for example you have to like dig for it he just hates it he just wants to like (laughs) shove it in his mouth and eat it but that's kind of fun it's like the the act of i don't know picking through (laughs) so gross anyone who's a vegetarian (laughs) or vegan is like i hate you guys let's skip yeah but like please don't talk about this um i will make the exception for shrimp and crab i do love getting a full crab and just like picking it apart We're learning a lot today, folks. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So back on track. So plant therapy is actually like, um, I have some facts here, just a quick little blurb, but the American Horticultural Therapy Association was founded in 1973 
But the nonprofit credits Dr. Benjamin Rush, a signer of the Declaration of Independence, with the first modern Western documentation of the curative benefits of digging in the garden. I'm using air quotes there. So I thought that was interesting. I mean, plant therapy is actually a known practice. The more I read about it, the more I found out about it. But plants are just proven to like lower your anxiety and, and lower depression. And I do want to state that I am not a mental health professional. None of us are. We all have our own struggles that we've maybe had with mental health. Um, so please take this with a grain of salt and know that I understand that there are mental health issues that are not going to be solved by taking care of a plant. Like you cannot change the chemistry of your brain and the chemicals it produces with a plant, some bodies, they have to have medication and that's okay. So I just, I don't want anyone to think that I'm saying, okay, well, if you're unhappy, grab a plant because I mm -hmm. fully understand that that is completely wrong and not an okay thing to say to someone. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And plants aren't necessarily like equal to going to therapy necessarily because there's a lot right. that you can get out of therapy that you won't get from a plant. So very yeah. true. The more I read about plant therapy, the more it intrigued me to just know that like some people are using them in uh, nursing homes to try to keep people, I guess, satisfied. I don't know. The only experience I have from a nursing home is my hometown one that we used to have to go to as elementary students and sing and perform. And it was the most sad place to be in. Like nobody looked happy. It was... I don't know. It's struggle. And I thought, well, like, how cool would that be to have, like, a whole, like, a garden or, you know, these horticultural classes? Because a lot of case studies show that the participants enjoyed horticulture therapy because they weren't the focus. They weren't the focus of that therapy session, you know, mm -hmm. the plants yeah, were. And I thought, that was, I thought that was beautiful. So I thought what we could take this time to do on this podcast um, episode today is just maybe each talk about how plants have been therapeutic to us in our own lives and plants have helped us in whatever situation we have found us in. So, uh, Nicole, do you want to talk to us first about that? Yeah, sure. So when we were planning this episode out, I was actually trying to think of my start, my plant journey start. And if there was anything that really triggered my plant collection or me just purchasing more plants and just getting into more plants. And I really don't think that there was. I think it was out of a state of me just getting into a new hobby and just being bored within the season because I'm a seasonal photographer and just, you know, getting into a new hobby. But then, you know, a few months ago, this pandemic happened and it was, it was soul crushing and it wrecked our entire business. So um, I, I think I subconsciously really started spending more time with my plants. And when I was thinking about this episode, I was like, plants really have helped me the past few months. Luckily, the pandemic happened at a time where it was coming into spring in Chicago. And usually that's when I start to get my garden started outside. So I just planted a bunch of new vegetables. I planted some wildflowers. I really spent a lot of time outside in the garden. And then I also started fertilizing my plants and propagating a bunch of plants inside. So I felt like that consumed a good two, at least two hours a day. And then I started 
finding myself making it a, a ritual. Like I would get up, have some coffee, check my email, and then I'd go straight outside into the garden and just water. Like there is nothing more relaxing to me <laughs> than watering my garden and watering house plants. I'm I'm sure like you guys have to agree, right? If you just take a little bit of time and just Mm-hmm. set aside time just to do that you know where you're not rushing through it but you're like I'm just gonna take this in it's just so relaxing so I would find myself doing that for like an hour to two hours I'd be out there just like pruning and watering and then I'd come in and check on all my plants and then I started looking at all my plants and thinking like oh like this one needs a trim inside like let me propagate this plant and let me grow another plant and just really spending more time with my plants and in the end of the day I'm like you know honestly it it was therapy it got me through a good chunk of my day without me worrying about bills or worrying about you know what's going to happen next month or you know if we're going to be in business at the end of this you know it really did help so I think that um I think plants were were definitely a game changer for us during this pandemic. Yeah, that's really beautiful because like when you're saying about the watering, I totally relate to that because it's almost like a meditation. It's like this intentional act that you're doing daily, every other day, but you're just taking this intentional time to just take care of something. Right. And kind of like just not necessarily forget about the issues at hand, but just to kind of just take that time to focus on something else, you know, that isn't Mm -hmm. complicated at all. And it's just so easy. Mm -hmm. It takes you outside of yourself. Right. Like you can get out of your head in those moments. Yeah. What about you, Becca? I feel like plants have, plants have been very therapeutic for me in a lot of different stages of my life because well, I mean, since I started with plants, it was a very transitional phase. And I, I mean, I've talked about this on previous episodes, but I was graduating from college and just trying to figure out who I was. Um, I was I was dating Daniel at the time and I was we were getting more serious. I was just trying to like figure out what my life looked like moving forward after college. And it kind of was a constant for me. They kind of were just always there, which was really nice during that time when so many things were changing. And um, I don't know, just sort of really helped me through, let's say like when I was a teacher, I think a lot of people know that I was a teacher for a year. And that was really, really hard. And I mean, being a first year teacher is always hard. And I feel like with certain circumstances, it was a little bit harder than usual. But my plants, like specifically in my classroom, were just kind of like, um, like I just really got a lot of solace. Would, would you say solace? I don't know. Just relaxation um, by taking care of them and talking to the students about them. And I don't know. I guess recently I have been doing a lot of listening to my plants and thinking about what what lessons they're teaching me in my own life because I actually am – in therapy right now for the first time in a couple of years. I did therapy in high school for a little bit as well, but like going through therapy, like with an actual therapist has really made me think about my life so much more uh, deeply. And then seeing all the way that my plants sort of confirm a lot of the things that my therapist says and suggests and things that she notices about me in my life, I see it reflected in my plants. Like for example, I'm really bad at like, I don't know, encouraging myself and like feeling confident in things that I'm doing and 
celebrating my wins. And so with my plants, it's like I'm always looking for the next leaf. I'm always waiting for what's next and hoping for this and that. I don't really like enjoy the newest leaf when it comes out. That's just like a small example of something that manifests much larger in my life. I'm really bad at celebrating myself. So, and that's kind of difficult because if you can't even celebrate yourself, how do you expect anyone else to? Because you never tell anyone anything. So that's something that plants have really helped me to remind me every single day because we're always getting new leaves, especially right now, to just like celebrate those moments. So I've seen like a really beautiful marrying and like partnership between like physical therapy and, well, not physical therapy, I'm not getting stretched out, but you know, like uh, (laughs) (laughs) mind therapy and plant therapy really go hand in hand super well. So there's a lot to be felt and learned with mental health with our plants. Um, Yeah, they just make us pause and remind us that it's not all about us. It's something big for me. I have a really hard time taking myself out of my own situations I remember when you were going through some struggles with teaching, Becca, and even though you weren't very vocal about it, like on social media, I always remember seeing you bringing plants into the classroom. And I can only imagine now looking back in hindsight that you were just like, bring the peace in. Let's just bring the peace in. Let's add another plant today, kids. What do you, what do you think about that? Yeah. Let's um, let's give Miss De La Paz a reason to come back on Mondays. <laughs> That's really what it was. I mean, I had to go back to take care of my plants, you know, but I, you know, there were so many days where I was like, I can't go today. I just can't do it. But I knew that my plants were there and the students too. I loved, I loved the students, but there's so much about teaching that's hard besides the students. So I can imagine. I can imagine. Yeah. Anyone who's homeschooling right now, you get it. (laughs) Oh God. The whole, the whole nation gets it. Yeah. You know, um, while I was doing some like research for this episode, I did I did come across a lot of other facts too, like the fact that if you have, well, biophilia, like a lot of new architects are kind of integrating nature into their designs because it's a proven fact that, you know, when you have nature around you, you're 15% more productive, you know? Isn't that so, crazy? Like, when I had plants in my office, when I was back in my office in Illinois, like I loved it. Like I loved just sitting at my desk and looking up and I had like, plants all over my office um and then other people who worked there also started liking it and then then plants were like starting to fill the building which brought me a lot of joy but it really does like kind of i don't know it's like it's an ease that you feel with them in my opinion for sure my plant therapy story is probably a story that lasts (laughs) my whole life but i'll try to give like a bird's eye view um about little Adam to current Adam, but I grew up in a, in a really small town, uh, not any diversity. I, it, the town was a population of a thousand people and there was 38 kids in my high school class. And, uh, I was always different and not a bad way. I, I hate saying that I was different cause it makes it seem like a negative thing, but I definitely just was not, I did not belong in that town. And I distinctly remember when I was in kindergarten, we were at recess or there was a playtime or something and some of the girls had their Barbies or their dolls and I was sitting with the girls and playing and I, that was the first time I remember getting made fun of as a kindergartner. I was four years old mm-hmm. and I was called 
all sorts of homophobic slurs at that age, which was just, it's like, I think about it now and that's just baffling to me. So yeah, I think from that moment on in my career in that small town, if you can call it a career from growing up, because that's where I grew up from three years old until I left for college. I, I don't know. I had a target on my back and it was, it was traumatic. Like I, I was definitely made fun of constantly for being gay, even though I wasn't even like, I didn't even accept that in myself when I was that young because I didn't know what that even meant. But what that did give me was the impression that it was wrong and it was bad. I think that's probably when the shame started of feeling shameful. It was like, you know, this, this, this feel, these feelings that I have are wrong and they're bad. So I didn't like myself and I didn't like myself for a long time. And I still struggle with not liking myself, but I can tell you right now that I have felt happier and that I have felt good about myself for the first time in a very long time. But after that, like after my high school experience, I went off to college um, and I spent four and a half years in college and had a great time and then moved to Illinois after college because I was like, well, what am I going to do with my life? I, I was the first person in my family to go to college and um, I didn't know what to do. So I moved to Illinois and I found a church in Illinois, which um, I was grateful for because it was a community of people and I like started friendships there that I cherished and it was it was just a place like to find friends I was I moved to a whole new state a whole new city and I knew nobody and so that church um, I guess you could say I was saved there because that's where I first realized you know the works of Jesus like the works of and this isn't going to be a preachy podcast, but i that's where I first realized, like, Jesus died for my sins. So, yeah, I think that church was the the first place that I felt, I don't know, like, I felt the love of, of Christ and also just felt like I understood the gospel. And I had been, I'd grown up in church. I'd grown up in a Lutheran church, but, like, I guess I wasn't ready to hear it. Or maybe the preaching from the pulpit wasn't you know, clear to a child, but, uh, that, that's when I distinctly remember feeling like, okay, like I understand who Jesus was and I understand why Jesus existed. And, um, I felt comfort in that, but I also feel like looking back now, I, I think I leaned into religion because, uh, it relieved people from questioning me and questioning my sexuality. And Mm -hmm. that is just not, it's not healthy. It's not healthy. And I don't, the church that I belong to back in Illinois recently rebranded. And so I guess that kind of gives you a glimpse into their practices, because if you have to rebrand and rename yourself, then Mm -hmm. there's a reason. I think. Mm, Yeah. And, um, but backing up to that, like it was a place where I've, I found community and I found people who loved me and who I loved back. And, and that is actually, you know, where I met who I eventually ended up marrying. And it was, it was a good part. It was a good point in my life. Like you, 
you have these moments in your life where you just like think like I was I'm truly happy and mm. that's how I felt but underlying all of that was just this constant shame of who I was at my core because I couldn't change who I was but yeah. I didn't want to acknowledge it and so happiness is fleeting in those moments like you can find happiness in in your life but until you are authentic and honest and love yourself like those moments will fleet those they'll be fleeting moments at least that's how i feel mm -hmm. yeah so i dealt uh, i was in illinois for 10 years and married for eight years and um I would say that my friends in that time didn't, I don't want to say suspect because I was, I wasn't like being deceitful, but my, my friends didn't even know what I was dealing with because I was silently dealing with my own shame, my own shame as a human. Um, the church was perpetuating that shame because of the preachings and the teachings and the views. So, and I, I know that this particular church views homosexuality as a sin and also believes that if you are a homosexual, you should be allowed to be there because you're going to be loved because Jesus loves, but you also need to stay celibate the rest of your life. Mm -hmm. And I think that's just so damaging to people. But um, so <laughs> I guess, I don't know. I don't have a lot of practice in telling this because it's a, it's a whole story that I haven't told, at least publicly, you know, mm -hmm. but shame is an awful thing to 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 put onto a person because shame makes you feel at your core that you're a bad person. Shame is meant to make you feel bad. Whereas the feelings of guilt are feeling bad about something you did. And shame is detrimental to anybody, to anybody who feels shame about who they are. Like, please don't. And I know that's really difficult to say and like really difficult to practice when you're in that situation. But if you're listening to this and you have a feelings that you're a bad person, please know that you're not. You may mm -hmm. have done bad things that you can feel guilt for. You may have done bad things that you need to feel guilt for, but you should not be stuck in the shame spiral because it's not good. No. Yeah. And if you subscribe to faith or religion, like shame is not a place where God wants you to sit, you know, or you're like uh, the higher power, whatever you believe in, like that being doesn't want you to sit in that shame because that's not how we were created to be because it separates right. us from that and separates us from that joy yeah and um on on that point too just thinking like if you're a christian and you believe that jesus came and died for your sins uh if that's what, you, what your beliefs are rooted in then know that jesus wouldn't have come to the earth to then be killed to protect you, for you to just live the rest of your life in prison, in your own mm -hmm. prison, your own jail. Like, that's what shame does to you. And that's not godly. And it's not godly teaching. Mm -hmm. But my my relationship with religion now is, <laughs> it's difficult, you know? It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's skewed and there's trauma there. And um, I still feel like I'm a spiritual person I just don't know what that looks like in my life right now yeah mm -hmm. that's understandable especially given your history with it so yeah like I was I was in that I was like trying to live the the life that you were supposed to live because 
um, I wanted to be normal like that. And I also really hate using that. So please know that I'm air quoting normal. I wanted to be what people perceived as normal. I wanted to be in a happy marriage and I wanted to, you know, have a house and, you know, the kids eventually. And, um, there was a point that I remember just being like, I, I don't know if I can do this and I don't know if I can continue this. And, and my, my mind was, I was just in a really deep depression and it's, it's a really crappy place to be, especially when you don't have people you can talk to about it because all of my friends were in the church and I was scared to death to even to acknowledge myself of what my feelings were. You know, I was in a position where I was like, well, I can't, this can't be who I am. I can't feel these feelings because it's wrong and I'm, I'm bad and I'll go to hell. Like, so I didn't know who to talk to. So it was just, you know, you're stuck in your own head and that's a scary, scary place to be, especially Mm -hmm. when you're full of shame. So there was moments where I was just like, okay, well, the easiest thing to do would just be not, not to be on this earth anymore. And that's also a really scary place to be because I know there's so many people here who, who love me, who support me, but in those moments, like I, my brain's not letting you think your brain doesn't let you think of that. Your brain kind of takes over and, you know, it's just not fun. I can see now on the other side of it, you know, when people say it gets better, it gets better. And you're just like in those moments, you're like, that means nothing to me. But now I really can be like, okay, like I'm on a path that I'm meant to be on. And all of the stuff that has happened and all of the stuff I've went through, I went through for a reason and I'm a stronger person because of it. But I, I feel like contentment and knowing I'm in a spot where I should be, which is a beautiful thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Where this leads back to me and, and plants and how, uh, how they were a therapy for me is um, eventually I couldn't go on anymore. I couldn't go on living a lie in, like I couldn't go on not being authentic. So I made the decision to finally tell someone and that person was my wife and I told her that I was afraid I was gay and it was not fair to her to say it that way because it felt like there was wiggle room. You know, it was like, okay, well, you you think this, but maybe you're not. But in my mind, like, that was the first time that that had come out of my mouth, the first time that I had, like, said something where it was like I was going to accept it myself. And it was really hard. It was really hard to, you know, mm-hmm. sorry, but really hard to accept yourself um, when you've just been in that spot for so long. Um and she did nothing but love me and support me. And um, I think when I tell my close friends about this, I just say that she's a very special person because she gave me the space to find myself all the while supporting me and loving me and being there. So, <laughs> so cheesy to cry. <laughs> I think all of us are crying right now. <laughs> yeah. But that, you know, that's a relationship that you have to mourn because that was my best friend. And I caused a lot of pain there. A lot of pain to myself and a lot of pain to her. And when I knew that that relationship was ending, like I was very lonely because my community was gone. 
and I felt like I deserved that. I felt like I deserved to not be in in community because of who I was and what I did. So I secluded myself and some of my friends probably don't even know this story because I secluded myself from them because I just didn't feel worthy of their friendship. I didn't feel like I could continue with that. And that's my own mistake. And I think when people go through breakups or divorces, they need to, uh, they need time. They need time to process. And you can't expect people to be like the next month, just like chatting up, like then nothing happened. Like I, I'm still processing and I'm still trying to heal from moments. But in that moment where I was so alone, like I, I had found plants and I had found the plant community. I was taking care of plants and it was, it was helpful. It pulled me out of my own head because sometimes in those moments when you're so alone and you're so depressed, like being in your head is the scariest place to be. So like you said, Nicole, with your watering and stuff like plants pulled me out of that. It pulled me, it made me get off the couch and it made me tend to something that wasn't me, you know? Because I didn't mm-hmm. like myself still. And it made me tend to these things. And when they started growing, like I always say, I don't know what it's like to be a parent, but when I saw a new leaf grow from fully in my care, I would relate that to watching your child pick their nose and then wiping it on a napkin <laughs> and not like on the couch <laughs> or eating it, you know? Like that proudness as a parent that you would feel. That's how I related it. And... You know, shortly after getting into plants, I found the plant community and Instagram and YouTube. And when I say it's a lifesaver, I really mean like I, it was a for me, it was a lifesaver. And it's I feel like a broken record when I say, it, but it's something I will for sure always cherish is just the group of people who accepted me, not knowing who I was or what I had been through, but just for face value, accepted you and loved you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh, your story gets me every time. Adam, you're just, (laughs) you're just such a beautiful person with the biggest heart. Yeah, you really are. You know, I, you've, you've told me briefly, I learned some new stuff today, but you told me briefly you know, what you had gone through. And every time I I hear it, not that it's often, but when I hear it, (laughs) I want to go back to that preschool Adam or kindergarten Adam. And I want to like be there on that playground. And I want to be like, you could play with these fucking Barbies if you want to play with these fucking Barbies. And I want to get up and I want (laughs) to fight all the boys in the class. That's who I want to be. But um, I'm just so happy that you are where you are now and that you found the plant community and that we found you because I think that this plant community for sure is a better place with you in it. I don't, I don't like compliments. <laughs> I know. That's why I do it all the time. Take them. <laughs> yeah. And I mean, just to that, I know that this episode will be coming out um, a day after national coming out day. And I just want to say that if you're listening to this, I don't know. I mean, I don't think parents understand the damage they can do. And I don't think my mom or my dad understand the damage they can do when you just don't affirm in your kids that no matter what, you'll love them. Because mm-hmm. I don't know. I I wasn't pretending my whole life. I wasn't pretending to be somebody. 
I mean, I guess in, in a sense I was, but I was, you know, when I was in church, I, I prayed so hard that God would take away the thoughts and take away the feelings and take away that part of me. Like I, I prayed and it's just like, I don't know. I just needed someone to be like, it's okay. You know, I love Mm you. I'll always love you. Um, so I don't know. (laughs) I don't know what the point of me is saying that is. It's just like, I just think that your kids and your friends need to know that no matter what, you're you're their person you know you're there for them i think it's so important i definitely hear your point and i think any parent out there listening to this now that feels they love their kids absolutely no matter what um would agree with you i mean our kids are coming into their teenage years now we have three girls and we've had a conversation privately me and jay and we've just said like listen like they're not into dating right now because they're young, but they're coming into that stage where they're finding themselves and they're finding like what they want to do and what they like and attractions could be there. And we just need to make it very clear that we, we love you and it doesn't matter, you know, who you love, love is love and we're going to love you regardless. And we, we, we say it pretty often. So Mm -hmm. I think that it's very important for parents in that sense to just, you know, reiterate that as often as you possibly can. Yeah, I agree. That's really important. And just to know that they're loved. Just yeah. They're loved no matter what. It doesn't change how much you love them. It doesn't change how loved they are by their creator or, you know, whatever you subscribe to personally that their value is not changed at all. Yep. So, I guess I just want to open this up to to listeners or to anyone who feels like they want to tell us if they relate to this or maybe even just give us a blurb about how plants have helped you through a situation. I do think here we are in 2020 um, where we are seeing lots of things come to light. We have the pandemic happening, but we're also seeing the racial injustice in our world that has been there for years, but it's kind of coming to a fruition here in 2020, which need needed to happen. But a lot of things feel unstable for all of us as humans who are just existing through this. And I know that there's been a huge influx into the plant community and a lot of people finding houseplants as a hobby. And I can't help but think it relates. It relates to the soothing of plants to anxiety and depression. And I know that plants, like I said, aren't going to be a a solution for people who suffer with severe depression or with other mental health issues, but we're all, we're all under a blanket of anxiety. So if you haven't felt anxiety, if you don't deal with anxiety in your life, chances are at some time this year, you felt anxiety Mm -hmm. and maybe you've bought a plant because you saw someone buy a plant and then now you've realized that that plant is comforting and that plant is soothing and it kind of just all kind of relates back to just that innate feeling within us that we needed to be connected with with nature and I think I don't know I'd like to hear you know if that's what people think if that's if they've started this hobby and recently like is that why like have you felt that like have you experienced uh 
a release from anxiety because of the hobby. Or maybe you bought some really, really expensive plants and you have more anxiety because you don't want them to die. Because <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> that happens too. <laughs> yes, it does. <laughs> yeah. Well, and another point to this is sometimes mental, like bad mental health days happen. And, you know, this is the other side of it where we have all these plants and we feel like we have to do all these things. And you, when you have a bad mental health week or day or month, you might see that effect on your plants, you know, and that's okay. It's okay to take that time because you're number one, you know, you have to take care of yourself first and your plants will be fine. You can get more, you know, they'll be fine. Pluck off the bad leaves if you've had some, a hard time, like just even just getting up and watering your plants. I can definitely relate to that. That's really how the pandemic really affected me mentally. And my mental health was I didn't want to do anything. And my life didn't really change much more than not being able to go out to restaurants because I already worked from home. But just knowing what was happening, the heaviness of the injustices and all these things coming forward, it just really, it kind of, it weighs you down uh, as it should you know, we, we should feel these things, um, feel the weight of it. Mm-hmm. Um, because some people have felt it their whole lives, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So I think it's, it's important to also understand and give ourselves grace in that and know that our plants will be fine without us in, you know, they might lose a leaf or two, but they'll be fine. We're not resiliency. <laughs> yeah. They're very resilient and we're not that important in the grand scheme of things with our plants. So that's also really important. I want to say that like, don't feel guilty if you don't have the energy to water your plants today. That's okay. Very true. And just convert them to Lucca because they kind of just water themselves. (laughs) Just kidding. Thank you. Every episode is an ad for Lucca on your guys' part. (laughs) Say it louder. Say it louder for the soil people in the back. And then my De La Plants houseplant mix will be coming out in just a few <laughs> Oh, yeah. The De La Dirt. Oh, no. We can't De- say dirt. De La Lecca. It's actually the De La Tanks. De La Tanks, De La tanks. soil mixture. The De La X Tanks soil Is that what it's mixture. Be Is this an exclusive? De La Tanks houseplant mix. It might be out by the time you guys are hearing this. I'm not sure. It's not a secret. That's for sure. I've talked about it. That is so fun. Oh, my gosh. It is fun. But, you know, you guys always plug Lekka, so let me plug mine. (laughs) Well, I need more. I'm going to need more soil for my cacti. So if the De La Tanks mix works, then we're game. You should just... Use. I was actually going to send you a bag of the tanks cactus mix. Actually, okay. I was thinking about <laughs> it because you have so much cactus. You should try it out. I'd like to know what you yeah. think of it because it's so good. I love it. Yeah, totally. I will say I, will... I I had like a eyeball on and a feeling of these soil mixtures and they were beautifully chunky and <laughs> perfect. Thank you. We we like it chunky. We like a chunky. We, <laughs> we like, like a, a chunky, chunky airy mix. What's that? That's song? a nice little slogan. We like it chunky. We like it chunky. I just yeah. I hate the word chunky, but I don't know how else to describe it. Yeah. When you're talking about orchid bark, it's fine. <laughs> yeah. I, my armpits are sweating so much right now. It's hot. <laughs> it's so it's like thing. 106 degrees in my office. I'm cutting that off. Right. I'm cutting that out. Right. You don't want that in yeah. there. Oh, you don't have to. I want everyone to know. 
<laughs> well, my armpits currently, very transparent. my armpits currently smell like Taco Bell, which is how I know I need to put deodorant on. Taco Bell? Um, how are, have how's you been your, eating Taco Bell? How's your... No, I don't ever eat Taco Bell, but I just, I, I feel like my BO smells like Taco Bell. Maybe just to me oh. it does. Maybe that's why you don't eat Taco Bell. Maybe. It's <laughs> probably a good How's your indication. knee sweat? How's your knee sweat doing sitting oh, in the closet? It's 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 wet. It's wet. <laughs> it's moist. When you were over the other day, like we were definitely sweating in the rainforest and I remember thinking how pleasant you smelled. Really? <laughs> yeah, you smelled really good. I didn't want to be creepy and be like, "You smell good." But I mean, like you smelled nice. <laughs> Excuse me, sir, but your pheromones are intoxicating. <laughs> 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 it was I could smell deodorant and I think that's what I was smelling <laughs> I don't know about pheromones <laughs> although that's a thing like isn't your natural musk like your pheromone yeah it's supposed to attract Gross. suitors Ooh. Mm. suit this grab a deodorant stick yeah <laughs> <Suit this laughs> a deodorant stick alright okay. well I think let's that, wrap this up yeah I think that okay. does it so uh, who wants to close us out? I will. So that's our take on plant therapy. And just personally, I I don't want to get all gushy here, but I do want to thank you too because uh, your friendship means the world to me. And it always will. Like it's, it's cherished in my heart. And I'm so grateful that we've connected the way that we have. And I'm glad that we have this community and this podcast now and just everything. It's just, it's a joy in life and i hope you two feel the same way i think you do but um uh yeah just a say smidge. it back uh, say it back <laughs> absolutely <laughs> well thank you guys all so much for taking the time out of your day to listen to this podcast i hope that it either shed some light on issues or helped you or just I don't know, maybe brought you a little bit of joy in your day. So we all are on Instagram. You can find our podcast Instagram at Potted Together. And that's where we will gather inspiration for future episodes so that you guys can be involved. And that's where we'll kind of have the after chat about this episode too. So if you have any thoughts you'd like to share, feel free to comment on our most recent post and let's chat about this. And then we're all on Instagram individually and YouTube, you guys know this, but Nicole is My Clean Leaves, Adam is Not Dude, and I am De La Plants. And don't forget to give us a review on whatever podcast listener you are listening on. Reviews help get the word out about the podcast. So if you can and feel so inclined, please leave us a review and let us know how you feel. Five stars only. (laughs) <laughs> that's my favorite becca voice is when she does <laughs> becky calhoun that's my becky calhoun voice and i say five stars i'm moving to missouri i'm buying you a cowgirl hat <laughs> what if when i move there i exclusively use that voice <laughs> i wouldn't be mad it's the new me my new, new nobody person. will know literally no, no one will know no no All right, Becky Calhoun and her crew signing off. We'll see you next week. Talk to you later. Bye. Bye. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place by working more efficiently. 
by using more sustainable practices, by developing better technologies, we keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.